There are untold victim stories everywhere, people whose lives have been invaded by a stalker. Many of these survivors don't have a place to tell their stories. Strictly Stalking is working to bring awareness to this devastating crime that often goes severely underreported. Your comments and reviews will help us continue to discover new guests so they can share their experiences and the steps they took to fight back. If you like Strictly Stalking, please leave us a review and rate us five stars and stay tuned for new episodes every Tuesday. We brought Susie in for a second interview because her stalking case took a whole new turn we weren't expecting. Susie's story was so compelling the first time that we definitely wanted to bring her back on and give her second part to the saga of her stalking story. In this part of the story, the whole town was against her. They cyber-stalked, they stalked her in person, and they really went after her. Then they started recruiting. And by the time it made it to the Dr. Phil stage, after I had just had enough, it, it was like 30-something people. I'm Jamie Beebe. And I'm Jake Deptula. On today's episode of Strictly Stalking, Susie Dickard is back to share another chapter of her true stalking story. Last time she was here, Susie revealed explicit details about a police constable who stalked her. He used his authority to have her arrested before eventually turning the town against her. Susie took her story to Dr. Phil and appeared on his show to confront a group of local bullies who created a cyber mob on Facebook to stalk her. And now here's a clip of an exclusive bonus episode available only on patreon.com slash strictly stalking. I did not want to believe or face the possibility that this professor could be um, breaking that sacred contract between professor and student and potentially ruining my life and my career in the process. I really didn't want to believe it. Susie, thank you for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Tell us about what happened after the constable stopped stalking you. Well, I can't honestly say that he ever stopped. I'm confident that he communicated with this second part group. So to answer your question, you know, I don't think he ever stopped until the day he passed away. Can you walk us through 2008 when you started to get harassed on social media? The initial emails were were surely about a horse, you know, somebody wanting to buy a horse. So to me, it wasn't anything of concern. So I would have never had any type of connection with her other than in passing at a barrel race. And it was just so odd that she was, she felt like she needed to hide behind a fake email. When I really started knowing that I was in some serious trouble was after uh, the 2011 incident when um, the girl and I got into a physical altercation. And that's when the group took on a whole new life. Tell us what happened leading up to this um, physical altercation. I I had been dating this guy for quite some time. I had to go to the vet with his horse. And while I was in town, 
he had purchased this other horse through this friend of mine that she and I had been friends for many years, but it wasn't actually her horse. It was her friend's horse, but she was representing the horse for her friend. So all that I did, I was just the pickup driver. I mean, I just picked up the horse and took it back to my then boyfriend at the time. But what happened is how she had described the horse and what I actually physically saw when I picked up, I knew that he was not going to like. He was very particular about his horses. So he knew that the ex-husband of the woman that had sold this horse, so it was basically his ex-wife that sold the horse, and he... He contacted him and and the ex-husband bought the horse back to give back to the son. And then all of a sudden I was caught in the crossfire like this one particular lady, this friend of mine that was the representative of this horse. It just it just took on a whole new life. They thought I had set this whole thing up just to get this horse back to this man. And it was just ridiculous. They, there was there was no reasoning with them. There was text messages, there was voicemails. And I mean, I was just a piece of shit. You know, how could I do that too? And I'm thinking, y'all have thought way too much about this because I just pick up, drop off. You know, it had nothing to do with me. I mean, it did as far as picking up and delivery, but where the horse landed and who controlled selling it once it got out of my hands was none of my business. So that's where all the 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 situation started that ultimately um led up to that altercation. So this is probably about four or five months prior to the altercation. The boyfriend and I had now split up or were in a breakup moment. So I was already in this new place in Hallsville. And we, he was supposed to come with me to a barrel race that weekend. So long story short, he throws one of his temper tantrums. He doesn't show. I go along. So that was Friday. Saturday, I made my run. The reins broke. It was a shitty run. My horse ran off, busted my leg. And I'm like, you know, loose horse, loose horse, clear the alleyway because he's a coming. And I got no way to stop him. I got him cooled down. I put him out, um, you know, put him up. And a friend of mine had given me something for my leg. And I would just went in my trailer, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. I felt so sorry for myself. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a nap. So when I woke up to go check on my horse, that's when I saw my boyfriend walking across the parking lot. So we decided to go get something to eat at the restaurant. That's a local everybody goes to. And, um, we walk in, it's full, so they sit us in the bar, and we eat, and then when we start to walk out, another friend passes me, and I and I ask about where her daughter is. I want to go say hi to her daughter, and she told me, and she let me know that this particular lady that represented the horse was sitting at their table, and I, I didn't have a problem with that. So when I went and sat down to the young girl that I went to speak to, the friend, um, basically told me that that I that nobody asked me to sit there. So I turned to her and I said, "I'm I didn't ask you." So I just went back to the young girl and I focused my attention on her. And by now, 
her mother had come back and my ex-boyfriend had come out of the bathroom. So I had stood up to, to give my friend's mom her chair back. And as I stand up, I introduce him to everybody sitting at that table of the people that I knew their names. But when I came to this one particular lady, I said, such and such, this is such and such, such and such, this is such and such. And I looked at her and I said, he's the one that bought your horse. So, or bring your friend's horse. So if you have a problem with where that horse went, you need to talk to him, not me. And at that time, when she did that, she called me a name and she grabbed something off the table and she threw it at me. Well, like I said, I'd already during about four or five, six months. The, my day had already been shitty. You know, I busted my leg. The boyfriend and I had a fight the night before. You know, I'm, I'm in my feelings because, you know, the weekend hasn't gone the way I wanted. And now here I am trying to right or wrong and giving everybody an opportunity to clear the air. And instead she throws something at me, calls me a bitch. And I just had, I just snapped and I bitch slapped her across the table when she threw something at me. And she's a big girl. I mean, I'm five, nine, 120 pounds soaking wet. But at this point I did not care. I mean, and it just became a shitstorm after that. That's when I got arrested that night. That's when she had this other lady that was behind the emails. And at this point, I knew it was her from those two years earlier. You know, my boyfriend looks at me and he says, you're going to jail. I said, I'll wait right here for him. I love my new natural deodorant from each and every. I tried other natural brands that just didn't control body odor the way they should. Each and every has been found to provide odor protection equal to an antiperspirant without the aluminum. The company was founded by two women in the beauty industry who were frustrated by the lack of high-quality natural deodorant options. One of its founders holds a PhD in molecular and developmental biology and used her in-depth understanding about how the body interacts within different ingredients to help design each and every. I love knowing that the scents come from essential oils and ingredients that are vegan and cruelty-free. My favorite's the coconut and lime. And each and every just launched sustainable plant-based packaging. It's available for all full-size and mini deodorants and is eco-conscious, carbon-negative alternative. The gender-inclusive deodorant is formulated for sensitive skin, made without aluminum, parabens, baking soda, alcohol, and synthetic fragrances. Most days I throw on a black t-shirt and go. I love that each and every goes on smooth, dries clear, and keeps me odor-free all day. Visit eachandevery.com slash stalking today. That's eachandevery.com slash stalking for 30% off your first purchase. Not eligible to combine with other discounts or subscriptions. Eachandevery.com slash stalking for 30% off your first order. I recently got my hair done and decided to splurge and buy some shampoo my girlfriend recommended, but it just didn't do it for me. Before that, I'd been using the same shampoo and conditioner for years. I needed to try something new that's just as unique as I am. So I tried Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. How unique, you ask? Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you are. Here's how it works. First, you take a quick but thorough quiz and tell them a little about your hair. Next, Function of Beauty's team determines the right blend of ingredients, 
then bottles your custom formula to order. Then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. They even print your name on it. I love that I can even choose the color and fragrance to my liking. Plus, their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. That's really important to me. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. Function of Beauty is not just the first ever custom hair care brand. It is the internet's top-rated customized hair care brand with over 40,000 real five-star reviews and counting. They definitely get a five-star review from me. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com stalking to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% off your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash stalking for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. That's functionofbeauty.com slash stalking. What happened when the cops showed up? Well, I was was standing right outside. I mean, there was no reason. I I mean, that's the whole thing I find so humorous about this whole obsession. I've never backed up from anything. I mean, if I've done it, I've done it. And I'll, I hate to say the words of Lisa Rinna on the housewives, but I'll own it, you know? Um, and the girl that had sent the emails when my boyfriend and I were standing outside, as he was telling me, you're going to jail, this, this girl behind these mysterious emails pokes her head out and she had her, she had the phone in her ear. They came and got me. I got put in the car and, uh, went to the police station. Um, left my bank card or told a friend of mine where he came and used it and got me out, even though the boyfriend was there. And that was 2011. So I get out and return to my trailer. I have another day of competition the following day. And then it was the next day, you know, (laughs) they called the cops again, trying to say that I was bothering them, which clearly I was nowhere near them. So well, the, the police came that second time, well, the day after they had, you know, that I had been arrested. And what I found so interesting, too, is when I read the police report, she admitted that she threw something at me first. Even the the um, the, the officer in the car that took me that night to book me in. I mean, she even said, you know, in our in our little trip over to the police station, she even said that that lady should be going to jail, too which I, I, I kind of felt that, but it was going to be their word against mine. And they were a pack and I was one. After the initial confrontation during those races, what happened? Okay, so after that, you know, then there's, there's a span of time. Well, by now the boyfriend and I have split up and <clears throat> for good, and I now go to my court proceeding. So I guess in the timeline, that'll be, you know, for the charges, for the simple battery for me slapping her. <clears throat> and there again, I don't have any problem saying, yes, Your Honor, I did it. Um, and get my little hand slap and my six-month probation and go on about my way. Because I did, I did slap her, you know? I mean, I've never denied that. How did she mobilize this hate group? before she took it online. Well, you know what? You see what that's the funny thing about this. The girl that I actually slapped, she didn't initiate any of this. And I truly believe, which I could be wrong, because obviously I picked some wrong friends going through this whole process that I thought were true friends. I feel like if we didn't have the instigator that night, 
her and I being old school and going back so far, she and I would have settled this as mature people outside of what happened that night. Kind of walk us through that process all the way leading up to Dr. Phil. After I went to the court and I had the six-month probation, I was two weeks. By now, I'm married. He was a, a veterinarian, and he had been my veterinarian for since 1994. So we were friends. And then I just had the breakup with this boyfriend, and but this this new man was, you know, really good with my son. And as a single mother, I just needed some type of stability other than what I had just gotten out of. So, you know, he was the light at the end of the tunnel. So, but now I'm married and um, I'm now working at the veterinarian clinic. I'm, so, just to give you how long of a time frame this lasted from September to 2011, and now I'm married. So, this had to be an ap- after April. 2012. So I've done my probation and I'm two weeks of that six months being completed. And um, a client calls the office. My ex-husband asked me if I could go pick up this horse for her in Marshall, Texas at an event. She can bring it halfway. I can go halfway. So, of course, you know, no problem. One of the families that actually owned this horse she went to watch, they're already got seats in the stands. So we're trucking along. I'm following her up the stairs. There's all these empty spots on the bleachers. I sit down. I start eating my chicken basket, you know, and I had passed the girl that I had slapped from the concession stand to me following my friend. Nothing was done. There was no, you know, fuck you, you bitch. There was no, there was not even any eye contact. I just like saw her and kept walking. And I look over my friend's shoulder and there's a policeman with this girl that I had slapped that I'm now two weeks away from being free on the six month probation. She has called the police and said that due to this probation that I'm not supposed to be within, I think it was 50 feet of each other. Out of all the places to sit, I have sat in her spot where there was absolutely nobody sitting. So I now being pulled back into the same court four hours away from where I live to now have to defend my first uh their first accusation of probation violation. And the reason that that she says that is because her purse and iPad, that's where she had been sitting. But she didn't, those items weren't there. That is where she was sat five minutes before I came and sat there. There's no way. So of course, that's where it all starts. And I get more probation because she's now got this gang behind her led by the instigator. So from that time frame there to every other probation violation up until the point, the judge was sick of me. She was sick of listening to me. She was sick of talking to me. She finally put me in jail for 30 days in April 2014. Started in September 11th. And they hounded me and hounded me and hounded me till I finally was put in jail for 30 days on April 2014. 
I've never been one to camp out on social media. I've never been one to go and look at their pages. I'm not the kind of girl that's going to go on her page to see what she's doing. I just don't have that much weight. I, I'm just not interested. I've never been interested in things like that. So for all these things that were already on the internet, I did not know about it because I never looked at their stuff. And then that, so the first time that I found out about it, to the depths of where it was concerning was 2015. And that was the first time that I reached out to Dr. Phil. And that was the first time he had invited me to come. So anything that she would say, she had to say it on Facebook. And that's where she felt like, that's where she was mightiest. Wouldn't you love it if every clothing store you shopped at already understood your loves, hates, and total no-go zones? Well, there's a company focused on making that happen, Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is a personal styling company that brings you the world of fashion and style. It's completely different and a fun way to find clothes that you'll love. This is all about you every time. In the world of clothes shopping, there are no consistent sizes. Why should we have to try to guess if a medium is really medium or constantly have to return clothes purchased online to find something that fits perfectly? So true. And as fashion changes, true style doesn't. Even so, your timeless look can use a pick-me-up every once in a while. Get help from someone who gets what you're going for without ever leaving home with a Stitch Fix styling expert. To get started, go to stitchfix.com slash stalking to set up your profile, and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you in your color, styles, and budget. You pay a $20 styling fee for each fix, which is credited toward anything you keep. Schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does all the hard work for you, making great style effortless for everybody, including women, men, and kids. Get started today at stitchfix.com stalking, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com stalking for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com stalking. Get started today. I find it so hard to try to come up with new meals to cook all the time, and I hate getting bored with my food choices. So I've chosen Green Chef because they have a wide variety of easy-to-follow recipes with select organic ingredients, which I love. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable. Green Chef includes meals for a variety of lifestyles, including vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. I'm a vegetarian, so I order the plant-powered meals. Green Chef does the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. There's a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from, and contactless delivery right to your doorstep. The ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly proportioned, and mostly prepped. It's perfect for my bachelor lifestyle. And you can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. I really like the variety. The recipes even include pre-made measured sauces, dressings, and spices, so you can get more flavor in less time. With Green Chef's wide variety of high-quality, clean ingredients, you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. Use code STOCKING80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash stocking80 to redeem and for more details. That's greenchef.com slash stocking80 for $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash stocking80 to redeem and for more details. What kind of things were written on Facebook? Such vile things like calling me a whore, 
saying that I would go down on my knees to get a bill paid, um, posting uh, modeling pictures that were on a legitimate agency site and um, taken. I didn't even know what a meme was at that time. So that was 2015 when she posted that first thing. And I mean, my, my teenage son had to explain to me what a meme was because now I was a meme. So she took this picture and she put it on Facebook and it says, I normally don't spread my legs this wide, but when I do, it's for something big and black. And I'm on the hood of my car at the time in this picture. And it's a black Cadillac and it's a typical modeling shot. You see them everywhere. But I mean, especially back then when I took that picture, because I had that car in 2006. So this is now 2015. I mean, anyway, black bra, black panties, black boots. You know, I'm laying on my stomach. It's not like you could see anything. And then I had done another photo shoot at my home in 2015. And she had that picture posted that said something about, you know, me laying on my Jesus sheets, basically saying I look like a $20 whore. Anything about my personal life that they could find out about through friends that I was no longer friends with at this point that I say drank the Kool-Aid that I had shared with them on an intimate level. They were now in the hands of the instigator that was making light of every aspect in my life. Every struggle that I may have as a single mother, every every challenge that I may have dealing with my family, um, to my finances, to my horse, you ne- to who I was dating or who I was not dating or who I was accused of fucking or who I wasn't fucking or and to go down on my knees and I'm thinking you clearly don't know me. You clearly do not know me because the last boyfriend I had was September of 2014. Now, I may not dress like a nun, but I definitely live like one. So, I mean, it was just sick. It was absolutely sick of how they would talk about me. And and one of the and a couple of the girls knew me very we were very, very good friends, and they knew that was not my lifestyle. It's never been my lifestyle. It's not going to be my lifestyle today. It was just disgusting. So by 2015, 16, somewhere in there, that is when the first girl, we'll just call her Alice, Alice. That is when Alice, who I had known since she was a very young girl, and the way that I met Alice was I was working at a barrel. I was working the barrels at a barrel race one day, which means if Alice comes running in and her horse hits the barrel, it's my job to put the barrel back up before Jamie comes in. And the ho- actually, the horse falls, and my reaction is to get the horse away from her. But then I'm hearing say she's bleeding, she's bleeding. So I go back to Alice, forget the horse. I've gone back to Alice 
And I've now taken off my shirt and I'm applying pressure to where she got stepped on in the head. Now, of course, I have on a sports bra. It's not like I'm out trying to make a dollar at the barrel race and, you know, swing off a barrel. I could have cared less. It was, she was bleeding. She was hurt. And I went to her. And that impulse of my actions for the next 20, 25 years was the most beautiful friendship. They were there through the birth of my children. They were there when I struggled with divorce. We shared holidays together. They were a family that I never had. So when Alice, who was the one that had that sat on the Dr. Phil stage, that had come to me in 2012 and told me that it was her friend that was behind these emails that were some years earlier. She she had sent me um, a message saying that they needed somewhere to live. So I told her that I needed someone to lease my house and we made a deal. And so that was in 2012 when I actually, you know, started that with her. But it was Alice that created ultimately created the uh, hate group, the Facebook hate group somewhere in 2015, 2016. I don't know. That's what she said to Dr. Phil when he asked her the question. You know, he basically looked at her and said, let me get this straight. You haven't seen her. You haven't talked to her in what, three or four years. But last year you decide to create this hate page. Why? And of course, her response is like she was the information booth, like everybody was calling her and complaining. And I'm like, you know, we all know that's bullshit. And that's what she did. And then they recruited. So let's say if it started with a handful of women, the instigator, the girl I slapped, Alice, whoever else, I don't know, and I don't care. Then they started recruiting. And by the time it made it to the Dr. Phil stage, after I had just had enough, it it was like 30-something people. And half of them, I don't even know who they are. It went way beyond social media, though. Way beyond. What other things were happening beyond social media? I was in, I was an outside fuel sales representative. And it's nothing I sought out. I just happened to give a man directions one day and he said, you need to come to work for me. That started a career that I kept till 2017. I had been there, I don't know, six, eight months. But at the same time, I still had my cleaning business that I started in 2001. And I strictly commercial cleaning, strictly empty properties. I don't deal with people. I don't deal with their things. And this friend of mine, well, she was working for me while I would be, because every, I worked out of town. My area was Beaumont, Texas. So I would leave my house on Sunday, come back on Thursday, leave my house on Sunday, come back on Thursday. So she was doing some of the cleaning while I'd be away. And I've had these customers now for, a long time. And I told her, I said, if you needed to get any jobs or picked up any jobs along the way, then they're yours. 
But when you're working for me, I'll split it with you 50-50. Because I still had the insurance. It's still my business. They're still my client. Well, she got mad at me because she felt like I was not paying her right. So she started drinking the Kool-Aid, as I say. And instead of communicating with me, she switched to the other side. That is when I went to work as normal. It was the beginning of January of 2017. And a couple of weeks prior, I just finally worked my magic enough where I, I, I was going to get this really, really, really large account that I had been working on. And my bosses knew it. So they bring me in on that Monday. We have a typical sales meeting. Everybody comes in and I'm called away before the meeting to start. And I'm walking down the hall and my immediate boss and the VP and I'm walking in the HR's office and I'm scratching my head. And I'm thinking, what did I do? You know, which, what did I do? And I sit down and there comes the speech of, you know, we're just going to have, we're going to let you go. And I was thinking to my, I said, okay, I am in Texas. I understand that this is an at-will state. So you could let me go because you don't like the color of my lipstick. I get it. When she hands me that piece of paper and she tells me the reason that they're letting me go is called lack of performance. They could have said anything else, you know, but for someone that has always ranked as a top producer since 2008, for someone in 2017 to tell me that you don't measure up, you're not doing your part. And I've consistently been a top producer all these years. It, it gutted me. It, it really gutted me because I loved that industry. I just, I loved it. So I collect my things. Now, I still don't know what's going on at this point. A week later. I'm home. I'm sad. I've lost this career, this status of the income that I have achieved over these years of hard work is now gone to zero. And everything that I'm looking at, I still have financial responsibilities for. And I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I get a, uh, I don't know if it was a text or an email, but either way, it was some kind of electronic. But she sends me a message, had a really nice conversation talking to Tina last week. I hear you're home now. And I was like, wow, you called my boss. You got me fired because you felt like that you earn $500 of my hard work and my clients and my insurance and my invoices when we agreed that I'd give you two fifty. That's the hatred. That's, that was the tip. <laughs> that, that was the tip of the iceberg of what was to come. They had crossed over the lines 
Well, I'm no longer just a spectacle on social media for everybody to laugh and cackle and say, ha, 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 you know, you know, she's crazy. She's this. She's a criminal. She's a con. It wasn't enough to do that or post my pictures or call me a whore or think that I sleep with somebody for a dollar. You know, that wasn't enough. Now they've taken away my livelihood. I can't get employed because anyone that I talk to at this point, um, I'm not going to be getting a good reference clearly, from my previous employer. So now I had the opportunity to um, purchase a small business. And I chose to do that and just kind of step away from that for a while. But within 30 days of me starting this business, here comes the social media attacks. That's when it gets even worse. Um, I am in the animal industry with this business, and it's a service for, for animals. But now on social media, they're posting pictures of horses with necks that are cut, bullets, claiming bullets are shot, shot in a horse's head, and she owns this shop in town. Do you want to take your dog to her? So now this new business, I'm getting all these people that don't know me that used to come to this business and now see a new face, getting all this social media attention from this hate group. So we all know what that did to the business. And it was... I lost my house that year. I lost my truck. I had to, I mean, I, I had to sell everything. I lost everything. Did you turn to the police for yourself against the stalking mob? Oh my gosh, girl. I went to the police chief of where I lived in Hallsville, Texas. I handed him my phone to show him the Facebook stuff that I had screenshotted on so I could file my report. I went to the bathroom, came back, and the sick bastard was sitting there looking at my pictures, not what I showed him. So how did you, I mean, yeah, I tried. I tried. And as a matter of fact, the instigator, I think she posted something about that on Facebook about him him contacting her but according to her on Facebook that I was sleeping with him we're supposed to be able to come to you and at least get some type of relief but from the time that it started in 2001 with the constable to the where it is today these guys I don't know if they're just not educated enough. They don't comprehend. How did Dr. Phil get involved? Well, that would be me because I, I wrote in about the constant instigator because she was just savage over, uh, over what she would post on her Facebook page. And I mean, it's just a chuckle for everybody. It was just a, a chuckle. But what people don't realize, when you Google my name, and I'm trying to get a job with you, and you Google my name, all you're going to see is 
crap. I may be overqualified to do the job. I may be, you know, I can work work circles around somebody else, but they will not hire somebody with the scarlet letter A. When you went on Dr. Phil, who else was on the show with you and what was that experience like? All the data that I had provided to his producer a month, two months prior to the actual taping, I was very confident that what she was saying was actually going to be the story that the public would see. I'm thinking, as anyone watching Dr. Phil through the years in their living room, he's going to be my beacon of hope. He He's a huge advocate for cyberbullying, for cyberstalking. That's not what I got. When I was back there and waiting for the intro, I saw it for the first time, you know, that day. And it was talking about the constable and these quick shots of people that I haven't seen or spoke to in years or an ex-employee that got fired and because he never would show up to work on time or he would. Anyway, and all these things. And it's saying, is Susie the con or Susie being con? And I'm thinking, oh, shit. This ain't good. This is this is not anywhere near what I thought was going to be talked about. So when I come out, you know, he talks to me first. And I remember him asking me, you know, why? Why did I think? And it's, you know, I'm just as baffled, baffled if I, you were to ask me that same question today. I can't answer why. Did you feel there was any type of resolution? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, for him, for the producer, to call it a small town mystery, but then not reveal the end of it. Um, you know, he, 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 he was very clear to prove to them because I had given him everything. I had given him access or his producers to every cell phone account, every social media account, every email account. They could go back to to the beginning of time. I didn't give a shit. You weren't going to find any traces of me bothering them ever, 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 ever. There were never going to be phone calls. There was never going to be texts that I was threatening them. There's going to be any of those because when when I drive away, I drive away. And that was one thing he he did prove to them and called him out on it because, you know, it was there. They were standing on the platform. Oh, she's stalking us. She's bothering us. She's bullying us. She does this. She does that. But they couldn't back it up. And I could. Susie, what do you want this Facebook group to know about how much pain they've caused you? I, you know, this Facebook group, it I don't think care at all. So there's nothing I can say or do to them because to them, this was all fun and joys and games that they're still playing. I don't know that this page, this victim of Susie's page still actually is active. Could be, don't know. But do I think the phone lines still burn? Do I think the 
the texting and the, yeah. But beyond the group, I think I would want to say something to you, the viewer, the listener, the ones that are, are part of social media. It cost us thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. When you have become the prey of a stalker, whether they utilize their power to create false allegations against you in the legal realm, whether they cost you your job because it's just getting too much for everybody around you. And for you, the ones that get on social media and you think what she posted is funny and you find humor in that, how would you feel if it was your life Even every one of these girls that's been a part of this group and guys, I bet there's things in their closets they wouldn't want you to know about too. But people don't think about that before they judge other people. There has to be an end to this. They have to be held accountable. And for me and this group, I won't stop till they are. Do you think that they'll ever stop stalking you? No, I don't I don't think they will. I, I I don't even understand what the obsession is, but I believe stalkers not only mine. I believe every last one of them should be held accountable because God knows that I've been held accountable behind the actions of my stalker. Susie, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you guys. If anyone out there is in need of help or is a victim of stalking, please reach out. You can find a list of resources on our Instagram at Strictly Stalking Pod. You can watch our episodes at youtube.com slash Strictly Stalking Pod. If you'd like to share your story with us on Strictly Stalking, you can reach us at Strictly Stalking Pod at gmail.com. That's Strictly Stalking P-O-D at gmail.com. And now we're on Patreon where you can sign up for exclusive bonus episodes, live chat sessions, and check out merchandise. Just go to patreon.com slash strictly stalking. I'm Jake Deptula. And I'm Jamie Beebe. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Strictly Stalking. <laughs>